So I read this one, and um, I was hoping you wouldn't mind if I did the intro. And I thought it's part of the intro. Yeah. Okay. Let me start over. (laughs) I also read this one. This time I read the book. I was hoping you guys would let me do the intro this time since I read it. And I figured for um, people maybe who don't know, you need a little backstory on on Jason and Friday the 13th film franchise Mm -hmm. to understand this book. Okay. So I thought maybe it would help if I gave the listeners a little bit of background on Jason through song. Okay, one question. Yeah. Is this going to be as long as your Babysitter's Club intro? Um, I already forgot what that was. Okay. What was... Oh, wait. Was that where I read for a while? Yeah. No, no. This is this is through song. Oh, okay. Uh, song parody, I should say. Okay. All right. If If you'll indulge me. But you don't succeed When the camp counselors won't give the help that you need When your mother vows to make them bleed Stuck in a With a hockey mask over your face When you've lost a mom you can't replace When you kill some teens but it's just a waste It just gets worse Stab you. Okay, so yeah, that's. I literally that's had, I had no idea you wrote a song yeah, parody for this. It took me twenty-five minutes this afternoon. Pretty impressive. What if we said no? We want to do the. Info <laughs> All right. Well, I'll just delete it and we'll start over. Twenty-five minutes <laughs> wasted. thought process was it i need to do a parody song or did coldplay's fix you what came first here the chicken or the egg cold coldplay's fix you uh was just on my mind and then i kind of reverse engineered it from there okay so pretty much just an excuse to play that yeah yeah i I really just wanted to try to make josh laugh and i don't think it worked (laughs) i really thought it would get a bigger bigger reaction from josh no i thought it was funny i enjoyed it okay i, I didn't want to laugh when you were doing it because it would have uh ruined it 
Yeah, yeah. but it, for the podcast, it would make a really good for the listeners if you were like losing your shit in the background. <laughs> uh, you can put in. You can put in a laugh track. Okay, I'll do like a sitcom. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, all the punchlines. All right. Well. Uh, do but but do uh, like one of the political late night shows where no one actually laughs, but you just clap. So after every line, just. Yeah, 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 yeah. Just me losing it because uh, Bill Maher said Donald Trump sucks. <laughs> no, no real joke. Just right. Just uh, Trump sucks. Boomers love it. Hey, <laughs> it's true. Hello and welcome to another episode of Are You There Pod. It's me, Jessica. It's me, Josh. And it's me, Blake. I read the book, and Jessica just slapped me to let me know that I should introduce myself. That's right. And what do we do on this podcast, Josh? We read a young adult book. We talk about it. Uh-huh. That, that's it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, sometimes we have parody songs just for the book. Yeah. Yeah. Is- Get used to that. There's going to be a lot more where that, <laughs> that came from. <laughs> yeah. And what book did we do this time, Josh? Um, it's called Mother's Day. Because two um, days ago it was Mother's Day. Get it? Timely. It took Blake like a month to read this, so. It took me three days. <laughs> uh, I don't have the book with, but is there, is that a subtitle? Yeah, it's, it's okay. It's, it's, the, it's a Friday the 13th book. Yes, and it's the first Camp Crystal Lake novel, um, Mother's Day, and it's by Eric Morse. I looked him up, and he's pretty interesting. For, <laughs> it's called Friday the 13th, Mother's Day. Yeah. And, um. Actually, Crystal Lake Chronicles. <laughs> I didn't realize we were going to use my phone, and that's where I had all my information about him stored. So anyway, just Google him. He wrote all the Friday the 13th uh, books. There were three all- of them. Four. Oh, sorry. If you count Mother's Day. Wait, there's Mother's Day, Jason's Curse, and the Carnival. I think there's one more. Oh, okay. Well, it's not listed here. Well, it wasn't ready yet. Guess not. Yeah. Can I Why did they the, stop making them? Probably stop making them due to lack of interest. Maybe. That would be my guess, yeah. Which is weird, because it was at a time when there were no Jason movies, right? This was... It was during this the, was... the Great Famine between <laughs> Jason Goes to Hell and Jason X. Yes. So all of the like men in their, I'm getting guess at the time, mid to late 30s were supposed to like roll into the young adult section and snag this up? Yeah, they're supposed to go into the young adult section at Walden Books and look for the latest. Actually, they could have been the only buyers of these books. We have no idea. I think they were. So, in, in my experience selling Friday the 13th novels and novelizations, which they are semi-scarce to rare, where I don't think they had a big print run, so they all sell online for like, I've sold, I think it's the second Friday the 13th movie, the novelization for like $80 online. Like it's ridiculous. Yeah. Um, I bought two and the main reasons I bought them was they were the cheapest ones I could find. I believe they were both like $35 to $38 a piece. And this is not in great condition. No, it's in bad. It's in pretty horrible condition. The spine's... And now it's been pissed on by a cat. It's worse now. It's worse now that I'm done with it. Yeah. (laughs) Um, The cat pissed by it, not on it. But don't tell anyone that when I try to resell this and recoup my costs. (laughs) It it will make your cats go fucking nuts. (laughs) My cat has been crazy over this book. Uh, But, yeah, so that's what what we read. It's pretty exciting. Um, 
Blake, do you want to fill our listeners in on anything? Friday the 13th, the story so far. I mean, if you listen to my song, that pretty much catches you up, but Jason's a slasher. Um, he has mommy issues. That's his whole deal. Hence, mm-hmm. Mother's Day. Very appropriate. Um, since this takes place right after the Jason Goes to Hell movie came out, or the following year, <laughs> they made sure to put in references in the book for some reason mm-hmm. to make sure the it's very clear to the reader that Jason's in hell, you know? Yeah. For the fans, yeah. Um, and which he, And he's down there real good. He can't come through. Right. And, like, it, it's made more clear in the book than it is in the movie. Like, it's very vague in the movie. And, in fact, Freddy's glove is the, it kind of drags. Well, shh, this thing's a mess. I don't even know where to begin. Just It doesn't. Okay, wait. You're trying to put it into some kind of context of the Friday the 13th movies. And what I would argue is it doesn't matter. I know, but they try to make it matter because they try to put it in. Okay, so I don't, I don't like these movies. I've seen some of them. I don't care. But in Freddy versus Jason, doesn't he come out of hell in that movie? Yeah, he's in hell supposedly between those two movies where this book takes place. But yes, he comes out of hell. That's what I thought. He's he's resurrected. Yeah, but also before that, wasn't he in space? He was in. Well, that was set. After Freddy v. Jason and that Jason takes goes place to hell. in the Star Trek times, that's, yeah. So that's way later. That's way, way okay. later. I can only really, it, it's mostly the only ones I saw were ones I worked the theater when they came out and like the first one or two. Yeah. So the first one, the first couple are like the best. <laughs> mm, argue, I think Other the ones six. in the middle are the best. Four and six are the best. Either way, they, they're not too good after six. <laughs> My main question reading this book wasn't, is he in hell from the last movie? Is, how did he get into hell? But why am I reading this? Why was this a book? Why? 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 Yeah, that's because fair. slasher movies kind of work, I guess, as like slasher movies. But this wasn't even doing that for the most part. It In the, in the last 20 pages, it was kind of like a slasher right. movie. Yeah. Like, but, but in... In these movies, someone is supposed to ominously die like 20 minutes in, and then we all panic. But this doesn't happen until like the last 20 pages. And then they all die in rapid succession. <laughs> it's it's well, like, a lot. Like, did this person die? The re- and the, all the book leading up to that is an extremely boring description of like teen horniness, I guess. Yeah. Teen horniness, teen inadequacy in the part of Albert. The Right. Pudgy, worm-fearing, PE teacher-hating roommate from Brown University. I guess should we talk about the group of teens and introduce them to the listener? Yeah, I guess we'll go ahead. Since and we do spend the, most uh, of the book with this group of of teens. Well, first, Josh, do you have a theme beer at all? Are we doing that at all? I didn't know if you're just drinking the same shit you've been drinking. Nope. Okay, so I bought something. Hold on. He's left I the frame. I, I bought something called Steep Drop, which is a Boulevard beer, <laughs> because uh, I think someone fell down a cliff at some point from a steep drop, maybe. I don't know. People kept falling down, twisting their ankles. Yeah. Uh, they do. They do. They trip over graves. There are open graves. They fall into them. It's a mess. Yeah. Yeah, constantly. Yeah. Uh, but I had one this weekend, and it was flat. 
it was, it's like a coffee stout and it was disgusting. Mm. And so I just dumped them all out. So I went back to the store tonight and I got a rogue dead guy. Nice. <laughs> that's good. That's perfect. That's maybe the best. Because that's exactly what I was Jason hoping it was like a camp themed beer, but also dead. Jason is a rogue dead guy because he's. It's, a, it's true. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Also, that's a pretty good beer. So I've never. Yeah, had it's it. not bad. It was on sale too. Nice. Not bad. Win win. Never had it. <laughs> All right. I guess we should just dive so for, into the book, yeah, right? For some reason, they made a, a Friday the 13th novel YA. Uh, why they thought that was the way to go, I'll never understand. Well, because adults no. probably don't read movie novelizations or movie tie-ins for the most part. I mean, you have like a people who read like Star Wars books and stuff, but that's like a whole. But those are kids too. Like, But they're not I mean, all kids. But a lot of kids read, like, it is adult men read them as well. Yeah. But I'm guessing that's the same same is true here. But also, those movies are young adult movies. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. Like, yeah, these, are, these are adult. These yeah. are R-rated, nudity-having, gore, yeah, gore-filled uh, murder fest. What he did, what, what happened is probably the folks at Berkeley Press and the people who owned the rights to Friday the 13th decided to get together – Paramount Pictures teamed up with Make this. some money, easy money, writing R.L. Stein-esque. Oh, wait, you know what? It was New Line at this time. I was about to say, I didn't I, think it was Paramount. I, I thought blame, it was New Line. I totally blame New Line for this yeah. problem. So they just paired up with Berkeley YA Horror to get this out there and to the needy hands of young adults everywhere who were clamoring for, for these I books love, at their be I, I would love to see the print run on these. Know how many are out there? I want to know too because we have one. Based of them. upon the price, hard, I would say not that many. It was hard enough yeah. to, to get the thing. Yeah, yeah. Or they just pulped a ton of them. Or they're um, just people are just holding on to them. So, or uh, I mean, they are one of those things that they're not going to reprint them because there's not enough demand for it. Mm-hmm. But the people who want it are collector. You know what I mean? They're like, yeah, yeah. thirteen or guys. Yeah, right. But it's weird to imagine these horror guys reading a. A YA book where the 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 teens almost have sex, but not quite. And also, when there is no correlation, nor does it matter or connect in any way to any Friday the Thirteenth books that come before or after, or not movies that come before or after this book. I it's one of those ones where I wondered was this? It's kind of like whatever Die Hard was that they just grabbed a different script and then threw in. Uh, uh, John McClane. Like, I think it's Die Hard Three, Die Hard with a Vengeance. Like it's a di- different movie, yeah. and they just like plugged in it because they had a script. And I wondered if these books, for the most part, just a boring, bland young adult book. And they're like, let's throw Jason in. I think when I read about Eric Morse, I think he's a big Friday the Thirteenth head, and he's helped maybe. From what I remember, like I said, the notes are on my phone that we're using to call you on. But I think he punched up some scripts and stuff. I think he's a big horror guy. So I think mm-hmm. he actually wrote these. I can I can see where they were just like let's let's or once New Line got a hold of it, let's monetize this however we can. We're not putting out any movies right now, so might as well I don't know sell some books in the. Do meantime. you remember why there was a big gap between Ghost to Hell and Space? I, I think the audience just kind of dried up. I think yeah, slasher. I think the last few uh, Jasons did poorly. But also New Line had way more problems with the property than Paramount ever did. But I think for some reason, 
Well, that's why they were no longer called Friday the 13th. It's Jason Goes to Hell. Yeah. Jason they, Goes they, to Space. They couldn't, they couldn't get the rights to the, the phrase Friday the 13th. Yeah. And now I don't even – they don't even have the – the property, as far as I know at this point, I, I think uh, LeBron James owns LeBron it. LeBron James. This n- not so I'm joke. just looking. Really? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look at, look at it. Uh, he's a slasher fan. I don't know. It was in the news a while I'm just back. Looking, I'm just looking at the box office, and they went down. It went up from the first few were big hits, and then it went steadily down movie by movie until Jason Goes to Hell just made $15 million. Totally. Oh my god. My god, these movies cost nothing to make. Yeah, they they did not give them a budget whatsoever. Yeah. But it seems like Jason Goes to Hell, they might have tried to up the budget a little bit, but even then, much. I don't know. No, yeah. And I mean there's, there's no big stars. I think they were pretty much all filmed in Canada. <laughs> they um, were. Can I Jason X definitely is because David Cronenberg is in it briefly. He just wanted <laughs> to be in it so bad. Yep. Can I bring up a plot point that that, that pissed me off if we're talking about continuity. I said Jason Cronenberg. I meant David. Oh, Sorry. Well, you know. Correct me, please. Um, so the book kind of hinges around a random a random hillbilly who finds Jason's hockey mask. Well, the... we haven't started even talking about the clip. I know, but I yet. just want to say something that really pisses me off. Okay, go for it. We all saw Freddy drag Jason's mask down to hell at the end of the movie that came out right before this book. Mm-hmm. And now we're expected to believe some dude just randomly finds it? I don't buy it. Well, he finds the mask, but he also finds a mysterious box. Right. And the, the blurb on the back tells you that much. Mm-hmm. What's in the box? We don't know. What? But What's in the box? Hey, it's like that movie. What's in the box? What's in the box? Get, Get it? it? You know that movie? <laughs> Gwyneth Paltrow. Love it. Everyone knows that movie, right? Um, so we we've been okay. I do want to make a little reference to the evolution of of horror and psychological horror, which is what really took over in the '90s, thanks to like Silence right, of the Lambs, right. right? So Blake and I recent we've been watching all the Halloween movies because we've done all the Chucky's, we did all the Friday the Thirteenth. Now it's on to another franchise. We're doing Halloween, and we just watched recently, um, Halloween Six: The Curse of Michael Myers. Starring Paul Stephen Rudd. Sorry. Yeah. Starring Paul Stephen Rudd, his first, uh, Paul Rudd's first. Introducing <laughs> Paul Stephen Rudd. Mm-hmm. And uh, a week, that movie came out totally bombed. And a week after it came out, Seven was released. So just like the, it was can a huge imagine? hit. Can you imagine? So can you imagine going to a theater and seeing. The, uh, Halloween 6, the shitty slasher. Horrible. Horrible and then movie. seeing seven yeah. the next week. Which was so much They bad. don't look like they're from the same decade. No. <laughs> yeah. But I, I didn't know there was a Halloween six. Mm-hmm. I there are at least I, twelve I, Halloween I think movies like 12 if you count them, all yeah. the reboots and remakes. So I know Buster Rhymes is in one. Oh hell yeah. That's Halloween Resurrection. That's our next one to basically, watch. Basically mm-hmm. basically all I know with like these kind of slasher horror movies is I I've seen like the first one in all the series. And then I saw the ones when I worked at a movie theater. But well, with like Halloween, the first one is far and away the the best. With much Friday. like Police Academy, exactly. <laughs> All six Police Academy movies. Um, that's my Bill Clinton impression. <laughs> that's right. Remember, remember. <laughs> we need. Good uh, pull. 
Have you not seen that, Jess? I did no. I don't know what you're talking about. What is it when when Chelsea's homesick? He's like, yeah. There was this. I know it from a Vic Berger video where he. Okay, I, I go and rent all the Police Academy movies. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's just like uproarious audience laughter. <laughs> so that's what he gave his daughter well, when she was sick. He what? No, he when she was homesick, he sat there and watched all six Police Academy movies with her. That's with what, her. Yeah, that's that's the claim he made. I, Which say, I believe. I don't know. I no don't know. daughter is like dad. I'm not feeling good. Can you put on some Police Academy movies? No, <laughs> no. This is girl. what happened. Want your dad to be happy. He's just like I, Bill Clinton strikes me as a guy with a terrible sense of humor. So I can just see him guffawing yeah, at the yeah, guy yeah, making exactly. like noises. The bleep, jo- bleep guy. Chelsea was in the back laying down with like a, an ice pack over her head, moaning in pain. And a puke wow. bucket next to her. Bucket and like the edge of- <laughs> right, right. But Bill was up up right by the TV with a bu- bucket, <laughs> bucket of popcorn going, oh, 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 oh. God damn it. To everything just, Bobcat said. She's moaning for uh, uh, seven up and some soup and no peace. <laughs> He's in stitches. He can't hear a word she's saying. Mm-hmm. Typical Bill. So this this come this book comes out when there's really no market for slash or anything. Unless you're into YA. Yeah, that's but, the thing. It's like okay. YA horror is huge at this time. So that's probably just, the other calculation they made. They're yeah. just trying to make that that easy peasy Fear Street money. You know. Compare this to the other horror you've done on this show, even though, and it's weird. I don't weird. think it's any better or no, worse. No, no, I'm not saying it's it, it, worse. Really? It, I think it is worse, but also those other books kind of t- they either tiptoe around murder or they do it very vaguely or bloodlessly. Yeah. And this book, even though it's sexless, is surprisingly gory. <laughs> and when I say this book is worse, I mean this is a D minus, and those were D pluses. So. Yeah. I'm not complimenting. Yeah. I'm not complimenting the mall or the babysitter right. or the babysitter two or any of the other RL Steins we've read. RL Stein is a, is a D plus all around. This was I, I'm fan- Eric Eric Morse's masterclass, not RL Steins. I'm Eric Morris, and this is my masterclass in fan fiction. Yeah, it, I mean, well, this was, it is. It's just bad fan fiction. It is, but is it okay? Wait. If we're talking fan fiction, is it better than Fifty Shades of Grey? Which I never finished because I got bored. Not enough sex. For my yeah, for my personal taste, maybe this was better than Fifty Shades, only because Fifty Shades was an F. In, in Did my you read opinion, 50 Shades, Blake? I read but, the first. Like, and I the both first, tried. When I read it the first, first half out. of it, but it got so contractual and boring. Yeah. Too many emails. Too many documents. Ooh. I know. I just wanted to just see. Just get to the butt slapping. I know. Just That's yeah. What I want. Well, I wanted more. Than I that. I I would say I preferred Fifty Shades if it was the same length as this. Okay, so if it were a lot shorter. Yeah. Less <laughs> contracts, less emails. If this was intended for for sixteen year olds and it was still Fifty Shades, it would have just been um the the main lady pining after uh Mister Mister Gray. Oh, like, sorry. If Fifty Shades of Grey were YA, it was like this. Yeah, yeah. In this book, she just kind of pines after some men for a while, and or for a long time, and then right at the end, finds out they suck shit, or at least one of them. And does. you know what? She should have gone with the pudgy guy. That's all I'm yeah. gonna say. Well, we should probably talk about the characters. Don't discount then. pudgy dudes, ladies. Right. All right. 
Okay, I'm going to just dive in. So as Blake already stated, this book begins, there's a prologue where a person who is only referred to as the hunter throughout the whole book. No name. Yep, trips over like a hole or a gravestone or something and falls and he finds the mask. Am I correct? That's but one then of the he also he gets an urge to dig and just keeps digging and digging and digging and finds a box. Yeah. But we don't know what's inside the box. I mean, if you've if you're a fan, you know. If you're a fan, you know. Because they they tell they tell us pretty quickly that the box is talking to him and giving him orders. Yes, and whenever he opens the box, he also screams. So <laughs> if you open a box and it causes you to scream, it's probably not a kitten, unless you're allergic to cats or something. Then, then maybe you'd scream. But anyway, so our main our who turns out to be I guess our final girl for this series is who we start with. Her name's Carly. And she has a crush on a guy named Boone, who is her best friend's older brother. Billy Boone. Old Billy Boone. Billy Boone, the bad boy. That's right. And That's... he, here's what I'll say. He's a cool guy. <laughs> he, what, motor, well, he, motorcycle? Uh, Check. Kawasaki Ninja. Blake. Oh, right, right. It's 1994, so he's on a ninja. Mm-hmm. And he likes. He does some hilarious pranks. He likes heavy metal. He's a oh, big yeah. fan of Motorhead. If you thought... He got kicked out of school. Uh, he uh, dropped out, right? He was a dropout. Well, he stole the mascot. That was after he dropped out. Stole the mascot. Oh, that's right. That's when he comes back to have the real prom. Yeah. That, that's how cool he is. He's he's out of school, but he still comes back to play school pranks. <laughs> uh-huh. He's basically... To throw an underground prom after prom and d- destroy the, the, uh, the, the gym and not get caught? Cool when, guy. When you don't even go there anymore. Uh, Hell yeah. Yep. He's in a band. I believe the band's name is The Rotting Corpses. <laughs> yeah. Then they they just kind of toss that one off. Do you want to talk about the first time he ever met Carly, the the hero? He sh- yeah, I forgot. Okay. Uh she says she was hanging out with uh Kelly, uh Billy Boone's little sister, Kelly Boone. And it is described as thus. One night they were in the kitchen when Boone walked in from the garage wearing only a pair of jockey shorts. He didn't seem to care if they saw him. He just stood there half naked, eating a slice of cold pizza, guzzling soda from the bottle, and joking with Kelly. So hot. Hot nice. dude. Cool dude. Hanging out in his jockey Guzzling brief. soda from the bottle. That's like a two liter, right? Yeah. Just oh, like- yeah. He just, just went in. His mom's uh, Diet Coke. Just totally went into the fridge, Cold. looked around. He was like, ugh, Sunny D, milk. Ooh, purple stuff. Grabbed the purple stuff and started chugging it. And a cold slice, <laughs> like a king. And it's, it, it's fun, yeah. Then she's like, this is the sexiest thing I've ever seen. And in reality, it's just like slob hours yeah. over there. <laughs> probably reeks of like the three cigarettes he smoked that day. Yeah. Ugh, gross. So he is trying to convince Carly to go camping. Does not tell her where it's at. Just says they're going to go camping. He's invited Monique, the foreign exchange student from France, of course. So they can do a lot of, like, very (laughs) terrible, like... Oh, (laughs) wee (laughs) wee. Yep, a lot of uh, horrible French accents and uh, funny... uh, Language oh, goofs. Something that's not in standard English. This is great. <laughs> yeah. Um, and Paul Sexton, who, also a cool guy, he's graduated, going to Brown University, but for some reason wants to come back and hang out with a guy who dropped out of high school and a girl who has not graduated from high school yet. 
while he's going wow. to one of the one of the country's most prized universities. We and and as we're reminded from everyone around him, he has a lot of sex. It's in his name. It's, it's even, yeah. As as it's in everyone his name. Thinks it's the funniest thing in the world. His name is Sex Ton. That's why all the girls giggle at his name. Right. They pointed out mm-hmm. he's so sexy. Sex is literally so, in his name. So we learned from his roommate that he's constantly just like having sex with women as, as like, I assume he just lays over there in his bed, just like crying. No, he said he had to sleep on the couch. He kicks him out, yeah. So I'm guessing uh-huh. he had like a one of the shared dorms, right? Where they have like a common room and then there are like three bedrooms. And yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I don't know how they do it at Brown, but that's just from what I know. But yeah, that's why it's so odd that, okay, so this guy's just like having tons of sex with college girls, but now he wants to come back on what spring break or whatever, or this weekend to hang out with high school kids. That doesn't, it doesn't track. Yeah. I'm not sure if he, and I don't know if they got into the book and I just didn't take a note of it. I'm not sure if he and Billy Boone are just besties or if Billy was like, Hey, that hot French chick will be there. Probably Uh, something like that. I mean, with as much uh, as a major creep as he turns out to be, it's not all that surprising that he wants to hang out with underage girls. I mean, that, it tracks. It, yeah, but it more seems like it's something that's kind of stereotypical for someone who like peaked in high school as far as someone liking mm-hmm. them. And that now they feel like I could go back and be really cool with people who don't know that I'm not cool. Yeah, that's true. But well, he's just, just a more, predator. Yeah, but they try but to make it a surprise. Playing on campus, according to Sue Albert. Alex. But you know what? Honestly, Paul could have gotten laid one time, and Albert would have thought, "My God, this guy." It's also true. Yes. So let's not discount. Also, that. But also, Billy seems like he's kind of using Paul to get girls to come on this trip. Well, yeah, he's the ton of sex. He's the girl magnet. Yeah, because when. Because she uh, is on the fence about coming until he's like, you know who's going to be there? Paul Sexton. Yeah. And she's like, <laughs> And then she's like, there. Yeah. She's- well, she's also worried because her mom is super overprotective of her. Oh, yeah. Because her father died in a car accident when Carly was two. So her mom is like helicopter mother you know just her, her, dad, her dad died in a motorcycle accident when a, a man with a machete cut his head off <laughs> so she's very protective uh, while camping it's weird um yeah so carly's like yeah you know what i've got to get in i gotta go and paul said you know what don't worry about not paul sorry billy boone said you know what don't worry about your mom i got this so um, we go back. And my antenna's going off. If I do not trust this boy. I don't know what he's going to be up to here. Yeah. He's so a actually, smooth operator. We go back, and Blake, you had this wrong. I just want to point this out. He what? finds the box first. You said that, not me. No. I didn't and have it wrong. And he said he finds the mask first. Not true. No, I didn't say that. He takes, That's chapter two. Yeah, he takes okay. the box back home. And the box tells him where to dig to find it. Okay, So So this also answers your question about when Freddy's hand comes out and grabs the mask. Yes, it's underground, but maybe it didn't make it back to hell. (gasps) So Freddy's hand came out and dragged the mask six inches underground and then stopped? Yes. Maybe a couple feet. Okay, makes sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah, 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 So, and then, of course, I mean, this voice 
knows where the mask is, tells the hunter where to find it. So the hunter digs up the mask, puts it on, and you know what? He feels the power, the power of the mask. He Can we just say the 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 spoiler that really ruins the whole thing? No. I mean, it's part of the the whole book. This is this is the second time that that Blake has read a book and the second time he's wanted to tell the spoilers right away. That's what? not how that's not how this works. It's not even whatever. Okay, so yeah, a guy who's I not- don't know what you're talking about. What are you talking about? Oh, that uh, Jason's undead. Is that it? No, no, he wants to talk about how it's not really Jason. There's no Jason in this fucking yeah. book. Yeah, there's not. <laughs> like what a bunch of horse but shit. Can we point out that there was no Jason in part five? Yeah, and it sucks shit. I don't mind part five. I think what it's the- entertaining. It would be a lot better if it were Jason and not a janitor pretending to be Jason. I. Listen, I kind of dug it. I liked the characters. Uh, I liked some of the sex scenes in it. Oh, boy. Um, she was titillated. I can't imagine a Friday the 13th movie that came out in probably 1989 having good sex scenes in it. It was like... <laughs> Not 80... good, but memorable. They were memorable. Uh, that I, I can vouch for that part. Mm-hmm. But the, the, the twist ending where it wasn't really Jason, it was some rando made no fucking sense. Yeah. And that's kind of like... What this book is, except he's kind of got supernatural reasons for playing the role of Jason, the yeah. mask. But you know what? Jason is also not in uh, Jason Goes to Hell. He is. He, he is, is. He is. He is. Well, wait, wait. Jason, Jason is in hell. Have you never seen this Hang movie? On. This, no. This is what pisses me off about Jason Goes to Hell. He doesn't go to hell until the last 30 seconds of the movie. Okay, so the FBI He's, plants... You love what dreams may come starring Jason. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> They I do. plant an agent to lure Jason into a trap where they just annihilate him. They like, literally blow his body just from like... blow his body like, to bits. oh, machine so guns were hap- his weakness <laughs> So what happens time. is his body is taken to the morgue and the... Um, the the uh, morticians or the persons performing the autopsy are examining his body, and then his heart starts to beat. This black, burnt, crusty heart just starts pulsing and glowing and beating. And this man just grabs the heart as if in a trance and then devours it, just eats it. The coroner. The, eats, yeah, sorry, eats the, the coroner. Heart, and so whoever, what, what happens is as the coroner goes out, He's basically Jason because he's eaten this heart, and they just try to pass the heart from person to person about- until they can find Jason's family to get the bloodline to resurrect him. Am I right? Pretty much, yeah. Yes. His, his essence, you forgot the snake. <laughs> but Sorry. He, it, the movie is about Jason's essence being passed, or his soul being passed from person to person so that the killer could be anybody mm-hmm. who's being possessed. It's a possession movie. It's a snake that comes out of someone's mouth and into another person's mouth. So you know how in this book there was a very, you might have missed it, but a very brief mention of a snake slithering up the hunter's leg and then suddenly he's the he's the killer? Mm-hmm. I think that was an illusion. New Line Cinema's like, we got to get that snake in there because... Because that's how Jason passes his soul from one person to the next. This evil snake. They, they're not really clear about it, but I think it's the Jason demon butthole snake that <laughs> that goes into him and turns him into Jason. Yeah. I don't know why so, they're so vague. So using Friday the 13th rules, if I was a hunter and I hunted and killed the Grinch and then ate his heart, 
I would start hating Christmas. Yes. Possibly. You would. The Grinch would take over your soul. Possibly. And just use it to not like Christmas. Yes. I would start throwing people's presents in the trash. That's exactly what you would do. The difference between this book and that movie is that you didn't have to wear the mask to be Jason. You just had to to uh, swallow the the devil snake. Uh, and this it's one, a gross movie. And this one, it's not clear, but I think maybe he does both. This this book has more worms in it. There are so many worms. There are a lot of fucking worms. But can we get to my favorite part in the whole book and the part that has caused a lot of tension in this household? Yeah. So this is chapter three, right? Oh, and it's is this stuff that goes on in a car? This is something can, that goes on in a car. You so can this mention is, it now. We'll, we'll talk about it in detail. I guess we'll talk about it more in detail when Blake does his music yeah. corner. But Spoilers. Paul is coming to pick up Carly. Paul and Albert, I believe he's driving a convertible, maybe a Porsche. Am I right in thinking it's a Porsche? It's probably a Porsche. I don't say Porsche ever because that's the most, yeah, it's a Porsche. I don't say Porsche. I think that's really pretentious. I said it just to Look, fuck with you. I don't own a Porsche. I'll never own a Porsche, and I'll never pronounce it correctly. Okay. So I, I don't know it. what the right way is. I th- I think rich people say Porsche, and okay. they should know because they. Can well, I'm rich, them. so I'll say Porsche. <laughs> so she goes out to meet them, and she's really excited. And Paul flicks on the radio, and it's a Mariah Carey song. Let me let me read this to you. Oh God. He flicked on the radio, and Mariah Carey started belting out a hot love song that pulsed through the small car. Sex is already in the air, thought Carly with a tense thrill. Mariah was just saying it all out loud. <laughs> this has caused a lot of tension in this household. Car- not really. Well, Carly's so fucking horny. <laughs> a hot love song. Not just a love song, a hot love song that puts sex in the air. Also, why is... I guess maybe he's just trying to get laid by this lady and thinks like, oh, she's a lady. She likes Mariah Carey. But I I just don't think a dude driving a Porsche would be college age, mind you, would be blaring Mariah Carey. Listen, it was a it's different It's 1994. It's on the radio. Is Aerosmith? Is that what you want? I want to be listening to like The Chronic or something. When did that come out? Uh, 90. Yeah, I think it was out in the early 90s, probably. It had to have been out. Listen, look it up. a college-age boy would be either blasting he was trying the to get picks, a- he'd, be listening, he'd be listening to whatever was cool on the college rock station, or rap. It he- would not be Mariah Carey. It came out on December 15th, 1992, just in time for Christmas. Just, <laughs> everyone's It's like a Christmas present for, Christmas for the present. world. When, well, did, when did Doggy Style come out by Snoop? November 23rd, 1993. It would have been doggy Still style. Christmas season, still new. People were going to be looking for gifts to, under the... This he would have been blaring. Around. You can't tell me that Porsche, number one, did not have a CD player. And number two, if it did have a CD player, it would have been playing doggy style. When That's did, what I'm saying. When did the Mariah Carey uh, ODB remix come out? The n- late 90s. The late yeah. 90s? I would say mid to late, right? I mean, I know 94 is mid, but I would say that's but like 96 to 98. I think Paul was trying to get on on Carly's level, and it worked like a charm. But we should talk about that more in depth later. Okay. We'll come back to it. 95. Uh, a 95. Okay. So can I un- can I introduce the other person in the car that we didn't get into yet? We mentioned him. Albert. Albert. Albert's the uh, uh, 
uh, obligatory dork of the group, right? Not only a support guy dorky, but he's chubby. And he's described yeah. as grotesquely chubby. They use the chubby. word chubby every time they talk about him. Every time. But he's also, whenever I think chubby, I think, I guess I don't think of chubby in the way that these authors describe, because they also describe his body as being grotesque. They're, they're mean. And of- when I think of a chubby person, I don't think of like, well, I, I usually don't think of bodies as grotesque anyway. But like whenever they refer to him. Why? Come on. Okay, well, that's different. <laughs> Didn't it? It says something like the word fat came to Carly's mind or something like yeah, that. Yeah, well, and there's it's like, a part Jesus. where he's climbed. They make him, number one, he's a bigger guy. They make him sit in the back seat in the back of the Porsche instead of letting him sit in the front. I'm assuming he would need the leg room and the space. Make the little girl sit in the back, number one. Number two, whenever he gets out of the car, they're talking about how he's clutching his fat rolls. It's like... <laughs> What is going They're on just, here? Like, so mean. Has this man his... never seen a body? I just don't know how. <laughs> I I don't know what uh, is wrong with with teen writers and the way they describe bodies. It's know. really. I was gonna say this is this sad. is a pretty common thing for all the books we read. Yeah, especially ones written in the eighties and nineties mm-hmm. where they're constantly doing this thing, and I I I don't know what they're doing. I mean, they're just shaming fat people. It's just an easy joke. Yeah, I think it is. It's just like hack humor. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, th- this will be funny. Yeah. Um, but it's not. The half the time it's in the description where it's not even a joke. Well, it's also just their personality. It's like, okay, so we've got the pretty French girl. She's slutty. We've right, got yeah. the hot college yeah. guy. He's slutty. These are all kind of archetypes. We got the like metalhead. And then we have like the two pothead friends who come oh, along. Yeah. Who are like the hippie people who. The hippies. Yeah. Uh, who's the one who. Oh, no, it is Albert. I thought we were going camping, not to Woodstock. Yeah. Got yeah. him. Got him. Like, got him. Also, Albert them. actually was thing. probably the most interesting and had the best sense of humor out of all these people. They were. Like, they were the only, like, other than Albert, they were the only nice people. I was like, eh, Carly. Yeah, they're really nice. And it's they like, just wanted to meditate. Everyone. I know. It's like, why, why do they deserve to die? But Well, because they were at Camp Crystal Lake. I guess. I guess. But the, the, Why were they friends with these people? Exactly. They used to be friends with Carl. They were friends with Carly, and then oh yeah, um, Her- Suzanne started dating Kyle, and that's when they became like big crunchy granola hippie. <laughs> she types. Con- she converted to hippie because she started dating a hippie and mm-hmm. and took uh, Carly's best friend away from her. Also, Albert. The whole time, he just wants to talk about Jurassic Park, which I think I thought that was great and very timely. I think that's that's a sweet little personality trait because you know what. I would have been wanting to talk about that movie Me a lot, too. Me, too. I still want to talk about it. Good movie. He, that's around the time when uh, his buddy's like, uh, too thirsty there, pal. Calm down. Because he asked for, like, a... He is really dork. He was like, do you like movies? I like movies. I saw dress. <laughs> he's just trying to relate to her. I think the, the worst part about these character types is that three of them they stole straight out of... Friday the 13th, part 3, 3D. They did. So Albert is nothing but a rehash of Shelly from part Mm 3, who is the fat dork with curly hair. Mm -hmm. And he is also the funny guy. His personality is chubby and funny. And he also likes to hide behind masks and goofs to to hide his insecurities with himself and around other people. And he is the one who actually brings the hockey mask that Jason picks up and starts using. He gave Jason his mask. Um the so he he's he's a big deal. Does Albert provide anything to this uh mythos? No, he does not. The hippie couple 
There was also a hippie couple in part three. Mm-hmm. It's just straight lifted from that. Part three are like really bad Cheech and Chongers, though. Like real bad. Okay. Without without having seen that movie, I feel like these are all just really lazy uh, archetypes from 80s movies. Or 80s, like... Yeah. Like, well, you had the, the fat guy who would probably die first. He's kind of funny. But in this book, they don't kill anyone for so long that it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But... For I don't some know, reason, yeah, the hunter really lets the them get subtle. Exchange student who's fringe, of course. Mm-hmm. Like they're, they all seem like very lazy characters that I've seen a million times. Yeah, and even the final girl, Carly, is just kind of like the other final girls of the series, just a nice girl, virginal, nice. Who is you know good at school? <laughs> nothing. Mom, a good, a good, just a good, sweet, good. Loves her mommy. Loves nothing, her mom. no, nothing yeah. much else going on there. But also, just wants you know, to make that, give that phone call home. Also. So here's the thing is like they are not aware that they're going to Camp Crystal Lake, which well, is only nope. The, the guys are Paul and the, the, the bad boys and are. Billy Boone are. But Carly, Monique, Albert, the hippies, they have no idea that they're going to Camp Crystal Lake. They're just along for that. They're all caravanning, you know, down there. There's following somehow each other. they don't know that there's been like 20 years and of murder. Somehow they're not aware of the 20 years of murders at Camp Crystal Lake. Either. I mean, it's it's how many hours away is it? I think it's a so couple. It's like two. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess it could be a thing where like if there were if there's some kind of mythos about Lake of the Ozarks and murders that go on there, I don't I don't know about it. But you know like, what I mean? I think we would, though. This is mass murder. <laughs> yeah. This is stuff, like, last year, the FBI raided the place and blew Jason to smithereens. That would be on the news. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but you're in your own world. You're a teen. Maybe you're kind <laughs> of... You know what? around the periphery. These teens were so lost in their Walkmans. Yeah. Yeah, that they weren't even absorbed. paying attention to stuff like the news. So, I mean, they were too busy having fun at the real prom. Yeah, and what this book does do that some of the Friday the Thirteenth movies do is it does introduce you to townsfolk. I love. Well, I don't love. I like the townsfolk. Doesn't the first, the first couple we meet. Townsfolk. I don't even think they're really named, but they're talking about how a man named Joe Travers is missing. And so is that the hunter? That's I'm assuming that's the hunter. Okay. And so I don't think this couple is ever named. The man went to look for him and found a Mother's Day card at his home. But guess what? His mom is dead for five years. Uh, and so you can't. Put they a go to open day? the door, and standing there is the hunter in his Jason mask, and he shoots them both dead. So this Jason does not have a machete. This Jason has a gun. Jason doesn't use guns. He's like Batman. Jason doesn't use guns. Jason with a gun? What the fuck is this? That's just no fun. It's just cheating. I will say, like, so my complaint is they weren't killing the teens fast enough for the to create tension amongst the teens, which I think is a problem. That's because he was tormenting the town folk first. They were giving us bodies in these every other chapter Mm -hmm. where it was like, what's going on with uh well, they gave us a few bodies early on, but but that was pretty much it. Yeah. They give me bodies, but not the ones I want, guys. <laughs> so the- I want dead teens. I want dead teens. I want dead sexy teens, damn it. Now they've learned to give you uh like <laughs> if you saw the Friday the 13th reboot, they gave you like 12 dead teens in the first 10 minutes. They really quite did. Quite literally. 
And oh, I think okay. there was also some sex involved very oh, quickly. Oh, yeah, sex in the yeah. first five. That's and also the... the guy from Mad Men uh, who cut his nipple off, who went crazy. Yeah, that guy. Oh. He was in it. And he, he bit the dust six minutes in. But he was also having some good sex, I think. Was he? Um, How were his nipples? Were they intact? They were fine. They were looking his good. His nipples were good. were good. So we know those nipples were not harmed in the filming of Mad Men. He re- no, he really did that. He did Mad Men after. Oh, okay. What? That's not true. He really cut him off. <laughs> you know what he said? He looked over at, at Jason and said, right before he killed him, he said, I feel sorry for you. <laughs> and Jason said. Jason, for the first time ever, he spoke. And he said, I don't, he spoke and he said, I don't think about you at all. And chopped his head off with the mission. <laughs> that's exactly what happened. So not to Man, ruin the reboot That's such for anyone. a good rewrite. Ugh, Josh, they should have called your ass. They should have. They yeah. should have had me punch it up. We need, we need punch up. Uh, call Josh Arnett. Uh, He's our guy. So the gang is caravanning to an unknown destination because they don't know they're going to Camp Crystal Lake yet. Do they wait until like a, the campfire type scene to tell them? No, because they stop at Ned's Gas first. Right. This um, abandoned, creepy looking gas station, and that's when. They learn of the death curse of Camp Crystal Lake. That's when Jason, the legend of Jason is told by Paul and, and Billy Boone. That's what I wrote here. Okay. Which is basically, okay, we're going to take you to this beautiful camp where no one ever goes anymore because this guy went. This, there's a, there's this a death curse. They guy call it the death curse. Goes around killing counselors. Basically, and Carly's like, "Oh, not a death curse. That's my. I hate that kind of curse." And so, Ned- oh man, this sucks. <laughs> Any other kind of curse with the death curse? What about the sex curse, guys? <laughs> pa- Paul Sexton's <laughs> like a, more like sex curse. Uh, so uh, that's Ned strolls up from his house, which is located behind the gas station, much like something in another famous horror film, <sighs> where there's a hotel, maybe. And <laughs> a motel. And that's not where the parallels stop, <laughs> my friends. Where a... Is there anything about mothers in, in that as uh, well? There I don't is. think they talk about mothers much in this book. Maybe a little bit. <laughs> but in this in this other uh, pop culture uh, artifact I'm talking about, there is a lot of mommy issues as well. But uh, he's watching from Just the home. What she's talking about, she's talking about... A Vince Vaughn movie that Gus Van Zandt directed in 1998. <laughs> also starring Paul Anne Sanders. Uh Hesh. So good. <laughs> Anne Hesh. Yeah. <laughs> and then then there was a Hitchcock knockoff that sucked. Yeah. Don't watch the knockoff, yeah, guys. They sucked the color right out of it. <laughs> Literally. And that score? Lame. Yeah, so Ned the Gas Man has a uh, dead corpse mother hanging out. You just his- gave away a big surprise. Who gives... <laughs> You gave away a big surprise that we has just, Blake. You just said it was literally Damn psycho. It. Damn it. Just wait. God. I'm, like, I'm spoiling so we this meet book Ned. and I don't care. He's hey, like, hey, Blake, start telling us which teens bone and which ones don't. <laughs> None of them bone down because it's a YA book. Ned is like, uh, asks if they're looking for Jason Voorhees. And then he says, they say Jason is in hell. That's what he... So I thought that was kind of funny because why does anyone know that Jason... Jason is in hell. Just a good Christian man. They're just guessing. Yeah. I mean, I could, I could take a guess. Like, you want to shoot me some dead people and tell you if they're in hell or not? But I mean, he's, he's 
acting like he's verified it. Like, oh, it has been verified. Oh no, yeah, yeah. he has the blue check for hell. Like, <laughs> no, it's his. Like, lo- it's his location on on his tweets. Yeah, like tweeted from hell. Here's what I'm gonna say: Boston Strangler, hell. Ted Bundy, hell. Like this. This isn't hard. Jason, the murderer who kills teens because they're horny, hell. Timothy McVeigh, heaven, and so on and so on. <laughs> Uh, Timothy McVeigh, hell. Uh, Ted Kaczynski in the future, heaven. Okay, mm-hmm. fair enough, fair enough. Yeah. Um, David Koresh, heaven. New Jesus. <laughs> I think David Koresh's whole thing was to to get to heaven, so it makes sense. Yeah. So uh, Ned warns those kids to stay away from the camp, and Paul says, shut up, old man, and they just go to the camp, because that's what kids do. Always listen to the crazy mm-hmm. guy telling you that you're going to die. So when they get to the camp, the no, first yeah, thing... Listen to the- cool boys who you want to have sex with. Yeah, that too. And also now you're competing over sex with the French girl. So who even knows if you're going to get to bone? This sucks. Um, Well, okay. So here's the thing. The big problem with this entire weekend is the ratio is fucked. Right, right. Not really because, okay, you've got, there's the hippie couple. Yeah. And then there's two boys, two girls, and Albert. And there's no way they're going to let Albert in on any That's of these right. girls. He's there. He kids he says later, I want to be the bad guy for once. I want to use someone basically. He's there just to fuck up the ratio. Like the hippie couple. Well, no, he got dragged along basically. Well, yeah, I don't but... even know why Paul brought him along because Paul doesn't seem to like him much. No, I think Paul brought him because he could be cool by putting him down. And Paul <laughs> seems to, Paul seems to enjoy sexually humiliating his roommate. Yeah, that might he be likes, something he likes, he likes too much. Cucking him. Albert's there to be the cuck. Oh. No, I, I think I think there is some kind of psychosexual dynamic where he where he gets off on If Paul got, got if Paul got what he wanted, Albert would have had to watch. Mm-hmm. That that's the way it would have played out if he wasn't murdered. So so there there's two cool guys, two cool girls, a different couple, but they're just coupled up doing uh yoga uh, and shit. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. They're reading. meditating. They're, They're tantric, uh, tantric sex. Arrow. Uh, anyway, uh, what's his name? Paul is trying to have sex with both girls. He's messing yeah. this up even more. Yeah, come on. Come on, yeah. Paul. Paul sucks. But you know yeah. what? I mean, Billy Boone would bone both the girls, too. Yes. Honestly, I think Billy thought, we brought a lot of beer. There were underage girls. We're going to get them drunk, and we'll just switch nights, brother. That's what we're going to do. Swap the nights. Okay. You get yeah. you get Carly Friday, and I'll try for Monique, and then or just we'll do with them on Saturday. Do a, a same room swap. Albert watching. Oh my god, this is <laughs> getting uh, a little too porn it's, it's here. The scene is Margo accepts Albert just sitting there. Oh no! The <laughs> it's like in one of those hotel rooms that has the extra chair just by the yeah. by the little desk. That's, I always that's there. what the chair is for. I yeah. thought it was there specifically for that. Can I tell you a funny Fargo story? So yes. that's one of my favorite movies. But the first time I watched it was with my mom when I was probably in, what, fifth or sixth grade. She rented it on VHS and we were watching it. And there's that scene that you were just talking about. Um, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. When they're, when they're doing the sex When they're having sex their, with, the, with, the, uh, their with the prostitutes. And I was like, mom, oh, yeah. this is gross. I don't know if I can watch it. And my mom goes, no, it's funny, honey. <laughs> I was like. It's very funny that oh, they're fucking okay. these ugly men. You know, I was right. It was funny. I didn't understand. Now I think it's funny as an adult, but as a sixth or f- fifth or sixth grader, I was like, I don't, I don't think I feel comfortable with this. Uh, yeah, I don't I know can, what I to think, think I about get the joke this. Now. 
Yeah. Um, I think it's a good it's a good point. I need to chase some more peas. Anyone else? Uh, I do need to get some more drinks. Josh. Oh wait, what did you say? I said yes, I need. It's time for a break. Chasing more peas. Oh Never my mind. god! What? Okay, all right. I that, that's I'm going to cut that out. It's a completely stolen joke. All it right, it's a very bad stolen uh, joke. <laughs> I feel like you've said that before, and I I, I have, like, but this time it this time it's actually appropriate. All right, let's take okay, a break. Be right back. Drinks. So um, I believe whenever we were leaving off our break, it was the camper's first night at Camp Crystal Lake. Oh, it's your typical first night of camping. You've got... you got a campfire. You've got a campfire. You, you're grilling burgs. You're drinking beers. Um, you realize you didn't bring water and someone cool shouts, <laughs> Oh, my God. We need water. We have beer. <laughs> Which is now the official slogan of this podcast. <laughs> you're dehydrated. Just suck down a beer. There's moisture in that. You'll be fine. There's a lake. It's Crystal Lake. Just drink some beers and go drink some uh, lake water. Lake it, water. We're a dead Crystal Lake is full of man rotted for years. corpse frog boy juice. <laughs> what I would say is Crystal Lake is... Forty percent water, thirty percent blood, ten percent semen, and ten percent just like teen sweat. No, I disagree there because Jason is no fap, no semen. It's, I'm not saying it's his. I'm saying it's all these horny teens. Yeah, <laughs> oh, like, okay, okay. With all the skinny dipping that goes on, you can't tell me there's no water effing. I know they're all trying to fucking canoes, but they all get murdered before they get the chance to do so. But we're talking about previous generations. They don't come. Campers. They don't come. They don't. They never get to come. That's not true. Some, right. Someone's coming. They come right as the machete goes through. You. Well, it could also be Jason because he, despite the fact that you have claimed he is no fap, he still sleeps and i think he ejaculates in his sleep it's true all of his semen comes out nocturnally because that's the only way it can king of nocturnal he's, emissions he's a good boy and he's yeah jessica is this the podcast you dreamed of when you said i want to start a young adult podcast just <laughs> 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 like discussing uh jason <laughs> Jason I, feel, I feel like every podcast goes this way at some point. Every when you, episode. When you allow when you allow men on the cast, this is what you get. Every Blake was always time. like, "You should have another girl co-host, so it's not <laughs> <Right>. so dirty." <laughs> I tried to fight for women, and Jessica said no. Look. Anywho, it's it's um, it's it's right now. It's not a good time to audition for a third co-host. Okay, I think it's the best then, time. They, <laughs> never mind. It's going to be too gross. <laughs> okay. Uh, Carly has her first taste of beer ever in her life. It right? tastes awful no, no, at first. She'd had, uh, she'd had some beer before and hated it. She hated it. Well, she still hates it. Well, she does. But she does drink Yeah, but she's getting, she's, getting a little bit, she's getting a little bit googie. Like That's everyone true. says, after you take a few drinks, who cares? Eh, she's a baby about You're it. You're going to get drunk. Still, yeah. You won't taste it. So the gang decides to start sharing secrets. Um, the only two secrets I think we really get is that Monique... Yeah. Slept with her boyfriend, whose name is Jean-Claude, of course, oh, uh, before coming to the States. It was that or Pierre. The, the guy knew two, two names. He's like, no, but no, no. Hey, he could have gone for Serge. I sleep with, with my boyfriend, Jean-Luc Picard. You know, <laughs> you know him from Paris. <laughs> and then That's word for word dialogue. Yes. And then Boone, old Billy Boone, confesses that he lied to Carly's mom and pretended to be Mr. Petrini, who is a social studies teacher at their high school. And once again, confirming that he's cool. 
Mm-hmm. Cool guy. And her mom's kind of a dummy. Yes. So <laughs> she is dumb. While the group is carelessly drinking and sharing secrets, the hunter is watching them. Um, so everyone goes to their cabins. The cabins are split up as uh, Monique and Carly, Paul and Albert, Kyle and Suzanne, and then Boone has his own. Um, earlier, Monique had shrieked because the cabin was so disgusting. They do a lot of fake out chapter endings that yeah. were just like worse than a Goosebumps book. Yeah. Um, and so yeah, yeah, yeah. because the cabin is so filthy, Carly suggests that they decorate the cabin with sheets and T-shirts. <laughs> what is this, Animal she's, Crossing up in here? No, this is kind of charming because she's drunk at the time. Yeah, mm. it is kind and of so, cute. And she's, she's saying to Monique, like, who's freaking out about it, hey, let's just let's decorate this place. It's okay. Let's make it our own. Just put and some trash Monique, over the windows. Monique pulls out her teddy bear and she's like, please do not tell anyone, but I sleep with the teddy bear. <laughs> Don't tell the boys. <laughs> one, one thing that was funny about the her confession, which again, it is funny there were only two, is that like people were acting, they were like shame, like not shaming her really, but like she puts out because she slept with her boyfriend before she left for America. Like, I yeah. guess they were probably just all like, Super excited because she puts out. She fucks, bro. She yeah. fucks. They have confirmation that she has at least had sex once. She has sex. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. In Europe. In Europe where it's normal. So, um. Sword in the stone theory. What? What? Sword in the stone theory. Is that like once it's been taken out? Yeah. My theory was <laughs> after, after you've had sex once, it's whatever. <laughs> Just like King Arthur, yeah. Yeah, okay. So um, when Carly is getting undressed for bed, she sees a man staring in the window. Luckily, whew, it's just Paul. and he That's invites another her. one of these fake outs. Yep, he invites her on a walk. And then we uh, we switch to Albert, and we learn that he is was very concerned about his teeth before going to bed, and he brushed his teeth with lake water because he couldn't <laughs> find running water. I was like, dude, that's worse for your teeth, bro. Just, just let him be. So- just, this this goes back to something that Monique said when she first got there. And she's like, I can't even plug in my hair dryer. Mm-hmm. Why would you idiots think that an abandoned camp is going to have the utilities on? Do you well, not know how utilities work? Well, both the girls have tons of luggage. It's like Troop yeah. Beverly Hills rolling up to pack. You know what? You know? Yeah. It's, it's that stereotype from every... Every movie where, oh no, a girl is here and she has so much luggage for a two-day trip. It's the parent trap where they uh, they hate the stepmom and she brings 80 suitcases to the, the camping trip. And then they prank the shit out of her. Mm-hmm. That's it. So uh, this is when we learn about Paul and how horrible he is and how he makes Albert sleep on the couch in the dorm when he has ladies over. And that's when Albert thinks to himself, resigned, so many girls, so little time. So little courage. <laughs> but what also he says, this is when he says, what I was talking about earlier, he's talking about uh, Paul. This is when he ha- kind of has that interior thought about how he's always with a different girl. And he says, he's a total sleaze bucket. And then he says, I wanted to be a sleaze bucket for a day. <laughs> God. I mean, don't you ever just want to be that person for one day? Just. I don't know that Sometimes I want to be Sometimes I want to know, like, would bucket. I be a good crust punk? I don't know. That's different. I guess. I guess crust pucks aren't sleaze buckets. Yeah, they are. Not necessarily. It, does, it doesn't. It just implies. They are. All that. All that means is that you don't bathe regularly. What Albert is saying, like, I wish I 
had no morals and I was just a predator. Sometimes I do wish that I didn't care. I don't necessarily mean that I wish I were a predator, but I, I do wish that I just didn't care. You know what he's actually saying, is, and he's he's saying it in the terms that that he what how he's projecting onto uh, what's his name all yeah. What he actually means is he wishes he could just make a move on a girl. Yeah, yeah, and that's all and, he and wants. Kiss, that's what he wants is to try to like in his fantasy, which we'll see in a second. He just wants to try to kiss someone and have mm-hmm. them kiss him back. And this but is when yeah, really mean he wants to use someone and then yeah. be like. I didn't read it that way either. I read it as I wish for once I could just have courage to get with a lady. To grab a boob. <laughs> I mean, come on. Oh, and to that's feel when, a boob. That's when Monique appears at his door and comes in and she goes, I scared I'm from France. <laughs> I don't know what she says. I didn't write it down. But she flirts with him. I scared I from France. She um uh, flirts with Albert and she crawls onto his bunk and it's about to let him kiss her, but that's when she sees a worm. One of those. Wait, wait. Before that, he says, he's telling her how pretty she is. Mm-hmm. And he says, she says, the chubby ones, they always the sweetest. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was like, what was up with that line? I mean, they well, have to work a little I'm harder. It's like, well, it's her second language. She doesn't know. But then what happens? Well, then um, she notices a worm on his head and he pulls back the sleeping bag and his body is covered in worms and his legs are eaten to the bone. The worms ate his legs. And then he wakes sometimes, up. <laughs> sometimes you get so horny, you don't notice that your legs are being <laughs> devoured by worms. You're just so in the moment, man. But folks, it was a dream. Like every other exciting thing that happens in this book, it didn't really happen. And then they wake up in the beginning of the next chapter. Until we get a body count going. Then shit gets exciting. That's what I was thinking. Wait, does Jason operate like this? Can he be supernatural? This doesn't seem right. He absolutely can in the later movies. He can teleport. He does teleport. You ever teleport to space? You ever wonder how he gets ahead of people when they're running at that slow, stumbling pace? Let me tell you. I just assumed he teleports. a tourist in hair situation. He teleports. <laughs> he just keeps on at a steady pace. Well, they, they, well, they, do, they do keep falling, and he does know those woods. I was going to say, they, they twist their ankles a lot. Yeah, and he knows those woods. You know, like he knows all he, the shortcuts. Those short are his woods. He assumes he knows where they're going, and he's usually right, you know? All right, speed this up. Cause... All right. So, um, I do want to say, was it really a dream? Because... It ends with this sentence. The fat white worm attached to his forehead finished feeding and slimed on its way. And the next day, he does have a huge So there really was one. Boil. There was a worm. There was These one Jason worm. Jason worms from the ground are somehow. His legs are fine. The worm, though, did leave a gigantic, as if it wasn't bad enough that he is the disgraced chubby one. He, he now a, has a gigantic a boil looking pussy thing on his head. But that's just one of those things where what's going on in reality affects your dream. Yes. Yeah. Like, uh, so he probably felt that and then it got, it wormed its way figuratively into his head. (laughs) Nice. And and it's much like when I fall asleep listening to Weezer. (laughs) (laughs) Not sure. But uh, I I just imagine I'm one of the guys and we're backstage. I'm hanging out with Rivers. Yeah. And it's the best dream you've ever had. So, yeah. 
So Paul takes Carly out for a little walk across the campgrounds, and he is moving a little too fast for her tastes. I mean, his name is Paul Sexton, but it's she, right there in his name. What do you not, expect, Carly? She's not ready for this. She thought she was, but she's not. And sex was in the air earlier, but it's not right now. Not not right now. And so Look, he suggests Mariah Carey is not playing. Okay. She just ain't in the mood no more. So he suggests that they go for uh, a swim, go skinny dipping. And that's when Carly confesses that she doesn't know how to swim. And he's like- Much less naked. Listen, I'll keep you safe. And But he tells her that the only time you're safe, really safe, is when you're dead. Fuck, man. I need that on a bumper sticker. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's some deep shit. Um, so... Basically, she leaves Paul because he pisses her off. And he, he, so he's really nice to her, right? When she says she doesn't want to have sex. Oh, oh no. He, he's awful. He turns asshole Does he say, so Carly, fast. you're pathetic. You're a baby. You won't get a second chance with me. He turns shitty so fast. Instant 180. I mean, it's 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 a very believable uh, turn from I mean, this kind yes, of guy. Okay, it does happen IRL. But uh, it's not subtle. But he also says... I wasted my time with you when I could have been with Monique. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. He does say that. Nice. He's a he's a real pickup artist, and he he, he's he a, honestly was. I, I think he was making a calculation of which one of these will be easier for me. Yeah, he's and, a he's a predator that, in that way. Yeah. Yes. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So should I? Um, Boone pranks her. Does he have a? Hockey mask on, and he pranks her. He, he in like the woods. brought his own hockey mask. Yeah, or some shit. it's something. So he doesn't. And she's so over it at this point. Yeah, she's just like like no. she says, "Grow up, moron." Yeah, you know what I mean. Like he's trying to be scared. It's like jumping on, going boo 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 boo, and her just like push him out of the way and be like, "Leave me alone." Yeah, she's pissed. So the next morning, he wakes them all up by blaring heavy metal. Um, I believe it's Motorhead, maybe and Chainsaw Kid. Chainsaw Kid. <laughs> Is that a real band? Yes. Great pull, whatever that is. So no, I, I looked it up because I was this name. This name rules. It has to be real because Motorhead was real. Yeah, yeah, I guess so. Yeah, I forgot to look it up. So thank you. And actually, I think that I, I, re- I, I think I remembered them being a band because I think I've heard them referenced before, but I've just never, you know, been into that genre. They're from Norman, Oklahoma. That heavily. Okay, Norman, Oklahoma. And this says they're an alternative band. (laughs) Yeah, I didn't think they were metal necessarily. (laughs) Their lyrics talked about such varied topics as religion, the Stonewall Riots, Fellini, Oklahoma, Eric Menendez, and Oscar Wilde. Well, I'm going to listen to that Eric Menendez song when we're done. Boone's got got (laughs) taste. Yeah. So, um... It's it's funny that it just talked about Eric Menendez. You know what I mean? <laughs> Lyle? No. Just one minute. Not broke. No, no, no. They've got a song. It's about the Menendez brother. <laughs> Look, one of them is oh, guilty and one no. of them isn't. Menendez brothers reunite in prison after more than 20 years. That's a couple years ago. Anyway. Nice. Hot take, though. One one innocent, <laughs> one's not. So I just want to tell you that we're, we're going to start the body count now. The camper and body count starts now. How many pages at this point? Like 20, 25 pages? Uh, there's at least 50. Or, uh, there might be 100. Mm, no. We still have to get through a lot of stuff. Hold on. Let me find chapter it 12. Because this so is when fast. it happens is chapter 12. Okay. Here's chapter 11. Fake Jason starts piling okay, up the bodies. Chapter 12 is page 113. We have at least uh, 70 pages left. All right. Whatever. Okay. So um, 
they all gather by um, the the lake. Um, they decide to swim. Paul challenges Carly to a race. Boot and Monique go out on a canoe, and Kyle and Suzanne just chill, meditating. And Albert decides just chilling. Yeah, Albert decides he needs to go to town to call his mommy because Mother's Day is the next day. He, I don't know if we talked about this, but it is the thing in the book where. Carly's obsessed with, she has to call her mom on Mother's Day. And Albert says that he's has the same, like, feel, like, I have to call her on Mother's Day. Yeah. And so she kind of thinks that's sweet. And then what's his name? The dick guy. Paul. Uh, it's like, oh, you fucking baby. You need to call your mom on Mother's Day. Yeah. It's, it's like, like, it's like the one day of the year that I do call my mom. So <laughs> I, it's understandable. It's true. Are you guys like that? Are you guys like, uh, come hell or high water, gotta make this phone call. I mean, it's the one day you have to call your mom. My my mom's birthday is was also Mother's Day this year, so I had to call. Oh, double, so double, double and double. up. Got to give her twice I, the card. I, think I tweeted it, it was like playing the video game Good Son on easy mode. Like <laughs> <laughs> Mother's Day and birthday. Mm-hmm. Nice. So um, one, one card. I wish I were so. This lucky. is when we get the first <laughs> description of a, a slaughtering of the teens, and it's not even really graphic, but it's more graphic than what we're used to on it, this it show. It is. It is. So Kyle and Suzanne are meditating, and Kyle has entered his zone, what they call the mystical zone. In this state, it was as if one became one with the oneness of oneself. I love that sentence. Whoa, bro. yeah, dude. dude, love it. Everything else vanished, all sense of body, all physical sensations, all distractions from the outside world. Kyle felt weightless, felt himself floating up into the bright blue sky. He thought he could sit here and meditate forever. Maybe he could have, because he didn't lose his concentration again, not once, at least, not until the hunter slid his throat from ear to ear. And that's not a fake out, friends. This, for for once, it's not a fake out ending, it's a real murder. Nope. So in chapter 13, Albert phones home. Great reference to a movie that is at this point 11 years years old. old? (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) So um, Albert attempts to call his mom. He has a bad connection and he decides that, you know what? I'll just walk to that friendly uh, gas gas station owner, Ned. I'll just walk to his home. He had to walk. First of all, he had to walk his ass to the gas station payphone. Yeah. Which is like. Four sweaty hours of of jogging in the sun. Yeah, yeah. Uh, sounded pretty horrible the way he described it. That little that little walk sounded awful. Yeah. Um. So he doesn't see anyone at home, and he decides to look for the phone. And he doesn't see anything like in the living room. And he kind of slowly starts walking towards the kitchen. And in the kitchen, that's when he sees what he assumes is Ned's mom. But Ned's mom is not. Alive, she is rotted, embalmed, and wearing a dress and apron. <laughs> Sound like anyone else? Feel like I've seen this <laughs> scene before somewhere. So Ned walks in, and Albert's like, "Oh my god, dude, dude, dude! I won't tell anyone about your weird uh, <laughs> thing with having I, your mom here. I promise, it's I uh, won't cool. tell anybody your business. We're cool. I was just looking for a phone. I'm just going to go back to the campsite. We're cool, bro. It's fine that you have a dead mom. And you know what? Ned attacks him. And that's when Albert grabs the mom's body for a shield. And Ned stabs her in the forehead. <laughs> and Albert runs back to camp. Um, we switch to Paul. He's running. 
And I put I wrote down running and being an asshole. <laughs> as, as usual. Yeah. And I believe Carly has abandoned him at this point. Um, she's exhausted after racing with him, and he's just being a dick. So she goes back to the campsite, and she's reading. And that's when he t- decides to take a break, catch his breath. And a figure pushes through the foliage. Guess who it is? It's... <laughs> Jason? It's the hunter. Come on. Come Jason on. in quotes. Mm-hmm. We don't see, we don't like get a description of the Paul death. Though. We don't. We don't. And meanwhile, Albert is running um, as fast as he can back towards the campsite. This is when he uh, confesses that he had never met a phys ed teacher he didn't hate. And you know what? Same, Albert. Same. Yeah. <laughs> they do tend to suck. Yeah, they tend to be the worst. So... That's when Albert himself is also attacked, but we also don't know if he is. I believe we don't know that he's alive or not by the end, right? I think they do describe him being stabbed in the gut. Yes, but I mean, people can survive <laughs> stabbing in the gut. Multiple gut stab wounds. Okay. Okay. Sure. He doesn't so make it. We switch to Monique and Boone. They uh, Boone is trying to get her to have sex with him. Um, Boone. <laughs> I believe there's a quote where it's something like Boone knew that lots of times girls liked it if you went for it and one fell soup like that, even if they protest. Oh, yeah. 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 So that's cool. Um, And Boone tips out of the canoe, but he stays under the water to tease Monique and Monique falls for it and leans in to leans over to peer into the water. And that's when the hunter grabs her head and smashes it into the canoe repeatedly to kill her. Women, I think, always have the worst deaths. They do, especially in Friday the 13th. Yeah. I guess in slashers in general, but this is a real classic F-13 moment, leaping out of a lake to kill someone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So um, Boone, I believe, gets back in the canoe and sees her body, but we don't really learn what happens definitively with him. Correct? Right, yes. right. Yeah. So we're back to Carly. She has been reading this romance novel until it's too dark to see. And of course, there's no electricity, so she can't see anymore. And so she decides, I guess I should go look for my friends. And that's when she sees the bodies of Kyle and Michelle at the dock and their throats are both, both of their throats are slit. She thinks they're just really deep into meditating <laughs> as, at she, first. as she walks up. <laughs> like, it really does say that. So um, she... Decides to find car keys and leave, and she gets into Paul's car. But that effing Porsche is a Carly doesn't stick. drive by, or she never got her license. She never got her license, or but no, she, she never got she a car. knows how to drive, right? But she never got her license. But she so she hasn't had a lot of practice with it. It's another thing where like her mom's like, "No, you'll get in a car wreck and die." Yeah, um, really sheltered. Yeah, and so that's. But when she gets in the car, to her dismay, it's it's a standard transmission. Like she does, this she would be can barely this would be the part where automatic. I die. This would be where Blake dies, and where his wife would lean over and go, "I got this." I would just, if it were standard, I would just lay down on the road and be like, "Well, <laughs> kill me." You'd be fine. I got you as long as you're with Man, me. Well, yeah. if not, I'm screwed. Brother. Yeah. Well, whatever. Um, my mom told me that if I can drive a stick, I can drive anything, and so. It's good, bet- to, it's good to know that if I'm ever being attacked by a psycho killer and I hop into a random car and it's a standard that I can drive us the hell out of there. Could you drive an 18-wheeler or a two-ton truck? I could figure it out. Mm-hmm. Her mom said anything, Blake. I can drive up. anything. My mom would never lie to me. All right. Uh, so. you, you don't have your CDL, but okay. <laughs> car- 
Charlie doesn't even have a license. Jesse gets away from the killer, but instantly gets pulled over by a, a, a state trooper on the highway. Excuse me, ma'am. Do you have your CDL? Ooh. They search the trailer and it's full of drugs. Twist. <laughs> um, so that's when the hunter appears out of nowhere and he starts to beat in the windshield and grab at her as she tries to escape out the side. And then there's a gunshot and it misses her. And then Boone comes out of nowhere. He's attacking the hunter. Again, gunshots being fired by the killer in a Friday the 13th Mm -hmm. story. Come on. I think that was Boone that time shooting at Jason. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. Um, And they think he's dead. Yeah. (laughs) Or at the hunter. Sorry. So they think he's dead. And she hops on that Kawasaki ninja with um, Boone. And that's when there's another gunshot. And oh, this time, God. it just shoots Boone's head right off. That's the hunter that so time. This- the funny part of the book is her hanging on his his torso on the back of this thing and his head being blasted off. This this shotgun has surprising range. I don't know how far away. They, they, they're driving away at this point, but a shotgun can still cleanly take someone's head off? Yeah, I don't know. That's not how it works. I'm also, I'm picturing a very, like, 80s horror movie slow motion sequence. Oh, yeah, where you just see that, like a scanner's you type situation. Like, where it's like slow motion and then. And yeah. then. Okay, so after Boone's head is blown off, the next few chapters are just the typical slasher chasing after the final girl kind of situation. Um, we also get to see the, the stereotypical Jason. Uh, trait i guess maybe not stereotypical but maybe the jason trait of positioning bodies in fun places for (laughs) the final girl to find later and that's when we see albert's body and ned's body and that's when she also reaches into the hollow of a tree and finds a box in the tree and she opens it like you should always do when you find a box inside a tree if video games have taught me anything (laughs) open tree boxes there was good loot inside (laughs) maybe that's what she was thinking and whenever she opens it she begins to scream and so does the head inside say what What? and that's when the head is screaming oh god i I don't want to do it but the head is screaming she's here kill her kill her and basically (laughs) this head is just this grotesque alarm and of course it's jason's mom's decapitated head. Kill her, Jason. I'm your mom's head. <laughs> this what's funny is Carly drops the box and runs from Jason and Jace or the hunter anyway. And the hunter is running past her and she yells at him to stop and take her out of the box. She yells, pick me up as he's running by. <laughs> and Carly manages to get the hunter down and starts to pry off the mask. And at the time, while she's doing that, the head is just screaming, not the mask, the power, the power. And as soon as Carly works the mask off, the man under the mask, the hunter, is dead. And Carly grabs the gun from the hunter, uses the gun to shoot Pamela Voorhees' decapitated head. And like a smart girl, she even though she can't swim... She decides to get in the canoe, paddle out in the lake, and attaches the mask to a rock, the powerful hockey mask, dumps it into the lake, and just floats around in the canoe, like the ending of so many Friday the 13th movies. And I pretty much expected it to end like those movies, where, where Jason would, just popped Jason up. Jason would grab her out of, out of the water. Yeah. Right. But nothing fucking happens. 
so anticlimactic. And why not just shoot the mask to pieces with this shotgun? What? Yeah, what is with the need of tying it to a heavy rock somehow and throwing it in the if bottom the, of the crystal lake, the which lake. we already know is not even water. The lake is where he gets it's, his power. It's don't teen, put the, It's teen blood and semen. Don't put the mask back in the blood and semen lake of power. Yeah, so. If these movies have taught me anything, you got to destroy that mask or he's going to keep getting it. Yep. So that is. But the head is gone? Oh, well. The decapitated head, as far as we know, is blown to bits. Now, from later movies, we realize it doesn't matter if that head's blown to bits or not. He's still coming back. Yeah. Well, that was his mom's head, not his. So. Well, yeah, I know. But but the the end of the book is like, for now? Yeah, basically. It's so like sequels coming up. Yeah. So is, is she in future books? I have no idea. I know. Okay. The only I, thing I know is that the second book follows... Kelly Boone, who was Billy's sister. Yeah, I imagine it's whole, oh, yeah. it's whole new groups of teens. Yeah. Because we would not want to miss out on these fascinating characters. <laughs> I mean, I want to know where Carly goes from here, but I guess we don't My guess I mean, is maybe... Carly's just still floating around Crystal Lake because no one knows where the hell she is. Her mom doesn't True. know. True. She can't drive stick. She can't drive a stick. She can't swim. Now she's stuck out there just floating. She's a virgin who can't drive. <laughs> yeah basically but without the charm of Cher so in my classic uh, science fair experiment sinkers or floaters we're going to find out she's a a sinker (laughs) (laughs) will it float an experiment by Josh Arnett (laughs) so So. eventually eventually she will float well you'll all float yeah, we all float down here. Um, oh, we... that's the end, I guess. Josh, do you want to? How would you rate the book? There's just a few things I want to mop up that we've missed here. I yeah. kind of went through the end very quickly, and I'm sorry. No, no, no. I'm it's not just, sorry. Uh, at one point, Monique and Boone are together, and she says to him, "You are a pushy." <laughs> he is a pushy. <laughs> He's that's such true. a pushy. It's true. Yeah. Yep. It is true. It is true. And uh, the other thing is. When Boone is trying to show off how quickly he can run, he wants to go on this jog, and he says to Albert, hey, maybe you want to come and run. You could drop 10 pounds or 70. What? He did not say that. In one run, by the way. And Albert says, yeah, I want to drop that on your head, which is a good line. That is a pretty good good comeback. I've never used that one. Mm Mm-mm. I mean, not that's that. No, it was like I told you before we started recording. I have nothing to say about this book. This wasn't. <laughs> this wasn't. Uh, it's barely one of the things about these kind of movies are they're just a thing that kind of you sit there, you watch it, it washes over you. You never yeah. think about it again, or you never have any, anything to say about it because they're all the same. And that's how I felt reading this. Why uh, am I reading this? <laughs> I don't care. Well, you're reading it because I picked it. Um, there's not a lot of Mother's Day content for teens. So This is the best Mother's Day book out there. Yeah, it's the best. Um also uh I like the Jason I like Friday the thirteenth movies quite a bit. And reading uh, this Some of them are okay. Sorry. Go ahead. I mean I th- you, you both watched like fifteen of them, so you watch all we watch all of them. No only twelve. That doesn't mean I like them. Yeah, there's twelve. There's twelve Friday the thirteenth movies. <laughs> Think on that. Never made it to 13. 
And only two, and only two magic mics. What? Does, <laughs> what kind I, of world? I, what world I, is this? It's not a, not a just world. And also, not only one clueless. Eh, so. No, there's a TV series. There's gonna be another one. We don't want more. We had one perfect thing. We don't have to ruin it. We don't need Mean Girls two. We don't need Bring It On two. We don't need Bring It On three. Is there a Bring It On four? Probably. They had a bunch of direct-to-video ones, I thought. Bring yeah, it on were. to the streets. Probably. <laughs> no, I agree. I would never want a Clueless sequel or reboot, so just leave it be. So, um, should we go to... Well, let's... I mean, if, if, if Corona does one thing for us, mm-hmm. it will shut down the Clueless remake, and they will quit. Yeah. They'll just realize there's no money in it. <laughs> Here's one thing I will protest out in public. The uh, clueless reboot. I will. I will go to the governor's house. <laughs> I know people are upset because gyms are closed and people uh, are protesting. <laughs> I do not understand why this whole thing. It, they they got their hair salons back, but now these fights are being won or lost on gyms, <laughs> like places where people are sweating and 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 uh, coughing. Out of breath, gross shit everywhere. I don't know. Open up here's CrossFit. My, here's what I would do <laughs> if I were uh, a psychopath. And, uh, you know how all of these weirdos are like, reopen our gyms, let's get haircuts. Me, I would organize a bunch of perverts and be like, let porn stars make films again. Exactly. <laughs> Might as well. Look, there is, I, I don't see why that is not as justified as protesting your fucking CrossFit gym being closed. Like, what's the difference between the and two? I don't want none of these I, solo scenes where the girl's wearing a mask to be cute. Okay, don't get too specific, Blake. Let's... Blake, this is a little too <laughs> weird. Right. No, no, my, no. Blake, just my, leave. Blake, my stepsister in stop quarantine? Blake. Blake, just stop. Jesus Christ. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> Oh boy! Okay, so I would just say it would be very funny if there was a uh, a uh, an adult film star march on Washington <laughs> to demand their jobs back. Honestly, as- just open <laughs> everything. Just open everything. It's- I don't care anymore because people obviously do not care about their own safety or the safety of others or science or logic. So just open every fucking thing, whatever. I still, I still think it's seventy thirty, and it's just a very loud thirty percent. No, I agree. Are, I don't think. The I think people who are gonna go out are only gonna go out for the necessities. I, I really doubt that people are gonna be going out to restaurants or movie theaters or anything that's open where you have to be in close contact. But then again, I see video of people out on Mother's Day at restaurants where there's no social distancing and there's no masks and everyone is just in very close proximity to each other, just eating and chatting and gabbing and having fun. So you know what? I don't fucking know what to think anymore and I don't care. So The thing thing about movies is movies cannot come back until New York and L.A. are open. Because no one is going to, and LA is not open for three more months. They closed it for three more months today. Yeah. How about and, Atlanta, baby? And you, you can't. No movie is going to release Wonder Woman two in in a theater when you can't have the second biggest city in this country people going to movies. Yeah. No. It's and so, plus also uh, so many people have lost jobs. Do you really think people are going to go be spending it on movies? 
Well, I am. People but, with limited yeah. incomes, do you think that they're with their $1,200 stimulus check, which did absolutely fucking nothing? Maybe it helped hey. people get by for one month. But if we're you gonna have, get, we're gonna get another big twelve hundred. Thank you, Democrats. Oh, sorry, I did not know about that. So I mean, that's from their bill. That's the big thing they're gonna give people is we'll one see. more. Well, one-time. my mom we'll was see. telling us on the phone that it was gonna be two thousand dollars every month until oh, this is over. Sure. No, like, that's okay. So that's a proposal from Sanders, Kamala Harris, and Ed Markey in the mm-hmm. Senate. Yeah, and. You would think that the uh, sorry to get political. <laughs> that you would think that the uh, uh, the Democrat House, where they actually have control of it, could give a better bill than another one twelve hundred dollar one time payment. But no, of course not. Well, it's because they're headed by Pelosi. Anyway, I'm not going to get into this. But <laughs> uh, Blake can edit this all out for length. Yeah, I will. Uh, Josh, what what is your rating for this book? I mean, I gave it two because there's worse things. I didn't like it. I didn't have a fun time. I don't like Friday the 13th. Mm-hmm. I was bored. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like books about horny teens, but these teens were maybe too horny. Okay. Well, they were horny to the point of aggression, which is scary. Um, at least the men. I gave it three, but let me justify this. Come on. I gave it three hooves because uh, it had enough Jason in it. Uh, no, it didn't. No, Jason. It had, no, listen, Jason. It had the tropes. It had the positioning of the bodies for the final girl to stumble upon. I don't know. There was just something kind of campy and fun that I enjoyed reading this book. It's not a great book. It's not a good book. <laughs> but was it a fun book? I had fun reading it. I'm not going to lie. There were some cute parts. I, I had fun. So I liked when they referenced Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. Uh, Jurassic like, Park. <laughs> kittens in Jurassic Park, yeah. I always like when they actually do real, like, references. Yeah, I think I was trying to keep track of them, and I think we listed them all. I think the hippies like to listen to Jimi Hendrix. We didn't talk about oh, yeah, that. The, yeah, yeah, There yeah, was, like, yeah. a, a, a uh, Hendrix have, reference. Yeah, they should have made them into rusted root. The Grateful Dead. Yeah, give them, give them a little bit more of a modern update. They talked about Woodstock, which was the insult. Um, We're going to leave here and follow us to fish for a month. Swatch watches and guest jeans made an appearance. So I wrote Those down some stuff. It was guests. That's how you knew they were cool. Every yeah. R.L. Stein book is sponsored by Swatch and Guests, yeah. so nothing new here. But uh, they, they, were, they all had inserts in the middle where you could rip it out and get a buy one get one free uh, Swatch. <laughs> <laughs> if only I'd be into that. Um, um, okay, so I give it a one. Can we talk about Mariah Carey now? Okay, Blake wants to go to Blake's music corner because this has been a hop on over with a me. hot. Topic in the household in the past week. It's not that hot, but Blake's Music Corner, a.k.a. Are You AirPods mm-hmm. segment. So uh, the argument has been this. I am of the opinion that Mariah Carey is not sexy, especially in 1994. I think she was cute. I think she was fun. But I always thought her sexiness seemed a little bit... uh contrived and not as naturally innate as some other female musicians and if i were to choose a song that were to vibrate in a porsche and send sex into the air it would not have been a mariah carey song especially not one recorded pre-1994 i re-listened to three of her albums today her first self-titled album her second album called Emotions, and her third album called Music Box. There were no sexy jams on those albums. 
That's what I want to say. Blake disagrees with me. Blake? I disagree. Mm-hmm. So Blake is going to play his sexy Mariah Carey song, and I'm going to pick a song I think would have been better. What the fuck is this? Hell yeah. I don't even know. <laughs> Shoot a doo down. Wait, I didn't think you'd be singing it. What is this, going on? I don't know what I'm doing. This is the karaoke version, I guess, but it makes me want to fuck. There is no way this song would Always make me want to fuck. Always gonna be my baby. Turn that shit up, Blake. <laughs> what album was this <laughs> on, first of all? I don't know. You, you're the one who did the Mariah Curry research. You did no research know. today? I was looking up other shit. Where's the iPad? I was, I was, I was feeling that. Turn it up. I was me, literally writing the, Coldplay parodies. Give me the iPad right now. Give me it. The iPad's not going to do it. I'm going to look up something. Oh, my God. Dangus. You can edit this all out. It doesn't matter. Hold on. Josh. <laughs> oh, my God. This is awful. Why are you not playing the real song? I don't understand I don't you. know. I, did, I thought I clicked on the... I thought... No, fuck up. you. I was <laughs> working on Coldplay parodies all day. Ugh. You said it took you 25 minutes today. So I learned how I to play. Disagree. I learned how to play "Fix You" on the keyboard. So Whatever. that's where that's how I spent my time. Whatever. Excuse me. Whatever. Hold on. You didn't find any examples of her being sexy in the early 90s. Hold on, not Jesus that kind Christ. of sexy. Not sexy that was pulsating through a Porsche and through the air. Like Sex that's ridiculous. Always be my baby is also not sexy. I'm sorry. No, it's not that. It, it is cute. It's that cute. may have been a banger. That it's, may have banged, but it it's it wasn't it wasn't quite sexy. It is cute. Okay. And that was on uh, Daydream. That was on Daydream, which was released in 1995. Oh, so it would not have been around that. for this book. So your selection sucks balls and okay. is not even uh time accurate. I Can you pull up a song that I think is sexy that I argued against you and that should have been used yes. instead of Mariah Carey? Please pull up a Janet Jackson banger called If. But get to the dirty stuff where she's talking about giving blowjobs and Jesus stuff. Jesus Christ. Okay, well, let's cut all this out. Uh, I just want to say about Mariah Carey. Mm-hmm. When a time my brother or my dad broke a bunch of my brother's records, like Morrissey and stuff, mm-hmm. <laughs> you replaced it by giving him a Mariah Carey CD. <laughs> which one? Okay. So. Yeah, which one was it? Um, hold on, let me look This it up. is proof that Mariah Carey is not this threatening is, and therefore not sexy. This is proof that she's squeaky clean. <laughs> no, I think my dad liked her because she was sexy. Actually, yeah, your dad, based on prior stories, is kind of a freak. So maybe she was freaky. I wrote notes about her first three albums, and they all sounded like adult contemporary, easy listening. Well, at least her first two really did. You know, honestly, it was probably Daydream. I can't I can't tell one from the next. I mean, the early ones, she's not showing mid-rep yet or a lot of leg. Right. Mm-hmm. It's one of those ones. I was just trying Once to figure. Rainbow I, out, when, Ra- when Rainbow came out, she it was when Rainbow over. came out, everyone was done. It was over for these hoes. Uh, Actually, I think I think the ones my parents like they loved Merry Christmas a lot. Well, yeah, everyone um, loves the Christmas album. But all, butterflies when she first shows midriff, uh-huh. that's probably that's that when probably the all the junior high dudes wanted to bone down. That's when Nick Cannon was like, I'm going to marry her one day, even though right now I'm, I'm 14. <laughs> well, 
I worked for him. Just okay. keep dreaming, guys. Here's the Janet Jackson song that Jessica says should have been referenced in the book instead of Mariah Carey. And it's from an album released in 1993. It's so. called, called If. This is sexy as fuck. How long does this take to get sexy? Because I'm... I... Who cares? Just jam. Imagine this blaring from a Porsche instead of always be my baby. Uh. Absolutely not. No, this is way cooler. Janet Jackson is way better than Mariah Carey, and I stand by it. You can edit a lot of this out in the beginning, because it's the intro when she's just dancing like a badass, because that's what she does. I would have done Red Light Special TLC. That wasn't out yet, was it? Yeah, it was. It was that year. 93? 94. Is this our podcast? Are we still podcasting? Yeah, we are, bitch. I really don't know. I don't really know what's going on know. anymore, but... This song is way better than anything Mariah Carey's ever done, and I stand by it. I'm talking about masturbating. It's hot. I, you have to think too much about that one to really get the sexiness. It's still it. a sexier beat than anything Mariah Carey has ever, maybe. or her producers have ever dreamed up. Okay, maybe. So I'm just saying, Eric Morse, contact me next time you're writing a teen novel, and you need to know what kind of song is just radiating wow. sex from a Porsche, because it ain't Mariah Carey. Boof. Well, he can't, because he's dead. But so. Dream Lover is still a cute song, and I think he's still alive, so nice try, Blake. <laughs> So this well, has been running right. a little long, and well, I have no. We're I... not done with Blake's music corner. Yet. Oh shit! Okay, can I get in something real quick? What? Well, what are you gonna do? I don't know. I'm gonna doing. play the sexual. Wait, song. we've got a couple things we need to wrap up first, and you can close with this. Is that cool? Yeah, that's fine. First of all, I want to give a shout out to Laura and Carrie from Team Taco because they donated a bunch of books to our podcast. They did. So yes, we went and picked them up one day together. Oh right, right, but right. But thank right, you. Right, right, right. Thank you. Uh, so thank you guys for that. Maybe we'll do some Francesca Leah Block or one of the Christopher Pikes you donated. So thank you very much. We appreciate it. Thank you. Did Josh fully log off? No. I can see his head. I disagree. No, nope, he's right there. <laughs> so, I mean, I zoned out whenever you guys are doing uh, it. This is going to be- Have you watched the trailer for Babysitter's Yes, I have. Bob. What do you think? I'm a There's monster? There's a trailer? There's a teaser trailer. Fuck. What the fuck? The girls are, it's really cute. I need to see this. It's shit. coming out July 3rd. Oh, so, I'm so pumped. this year, instead of doing our normal <laughs> Alamo 4th of July, I have a feeling we're going to be doing a Babysitter's Club watch. We're just going to watch it, but we're still going to be on Zoom <laughs> because we'll still all be locked in our houses. <laughs> Sounds fun. We're going to watch it together over the computer. That's right. And I also want to talk about our next book before we let Blake close us out. Josh, can you tell us a little bit about what the next book is? Oh, you sent it to me. Okay, yeah. hold on. Pop, pop, pop. Make it hold pithy. On. Make it pithy. We got to do our thing, Blake. Pith. Don't tell us what to do. I'm a hey, producer. Blake, can you do a favor? What? Shut the fuck up. I, <laughs> I, as producer, it's my job to tell you what to do. 
I was going to say this is a very appropriate Fourth of July book, even though we're reading May. It's a very appropriate summer book. Looking at the cover, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. because there's a cookout going on. A bunch of uh, skeletons who are dressed are having a barbecue of some kind. Mm-hmm. One is wearing a backwards hat, which is very funny. They're cool. Um, the catchphrase is "One picture is worth a thousand screams." That's a good it's one. It's and die by our old friend. R.L. Stein. It is our first goosebumps. Say cheese and die if that mm-hmm. didn't come yeah. through. Yeah, I don't know if that came through, but yes. And okay, sorry. No, you're good. I think it just got out right when you said say <laughs> cheese. Do you want me to read the description? Yeah, if you want to. Okay. Greg thinks there's something wrong with the old camera he and his friends found. <laughs> I found a haunted camera. <laughs> uh, the photographs keep turning out wrong. Very wrong. Like the snapshot Greg took of his father's new car. It's a skeleton now. No, uh, that shows total. Uh, and then Greg's father is is oh, and then Greg's father's in a nasty wreck. A nasty wreck. Very nasty. Very nasty uh, wreck, folks. <laughs> uh, but Greg's friends don't believe him. Sherry even makes Greg bring the camera to her birthday party and take a picture. Only Sherry's not in the photograph when it develops. Is Sherry about to be taken out of the picture permanently? Who's going to take the next fall? For the evil camera, <laughs> Josh the evil camera dying. <laughs> that Josh should have been that dying. should have been the title. The evil camera, and th- this should have been the tagline: "The kid stays in the picture, or does he?" Nice, but you know what? I don't think like fourth graders in 1993 would have gotten that. So they were Evans heads. They, they loved him. <laughs> maybe, maybe they were. Who am I to know these things? Um, we will have a special guest for our episode. Hopefully there won't be any technical problems. Who? Tom G. Oh, Wolf, hell yeah. Our friend and a writer from Sydney, Australia. He'll be joining us to discuss this. He's a big uh, YA. He's a real bump head. That's what Listen. we call him. He's a big Stein boy. <laughs> He's also a BSC Betty. That's what I call He's him. He's a babysitter. Um, Stan. So we are excited to have him as a guest, and and catch you... us on Instagram. <laughs> Find us on Instagram. We're at Are You There Pod. You can email us with anything you want to. We're at are you there podcast at gmail.com please don't forget to rate and review us i'm gonna make josh read my sweet aldrina this summer if we read wait what what josh is just now aware of nothing josh can do about it if we reach a certain number of reviews and i can't remember what that number is right now because i've had two glasses of wine because i'm going on vacation tomorrow i'm stone cold drunk but leave reviews if you want josh to be tortured with a book if i get it listen if i get at least take your reviews down i do not want to read this if i get five if i get okay i've already had one review that specifically said that they need that sweet sweet my sweet audrina content (laughs) (laughs) um so i thank that reviewer i will because we're using my phone i cannot pull you up and just find your name so i thank you so much for that but if i get four more of those I'm going to make Josh read it, so come on. I think that's way less than what I said last time, but we'll keep You're it. You're just going to keep dropping it. So like, hey, Listen, read it. if we get two. <laughs> uh, anything else? Um. Oh, uh, shout out to... Uh, if you don't have anything else, it's fine. I don't have anything else. I'm good. She's it, just trying to think of a shout out. Uh, shout on. out to uh, 
Uh, all the problems of Crystal Lake. Shout out. Uh, 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 if, I'm on the spot here. I, if you th- if you thought if you think I'm wasting time playing songs, may I remind you? Last episode, I inserted an entire Hotel for Dogs trailer. So <laughs> shut your mouth. <laughs> shut your mouth and thank your lucky stars. Um, so when I think of. Uh, fuck music that would be more appropriate for this book only one song comes to mind from the man in black himself that's right will smith uh johnny cash oh okay i was wrong see you later horse girls Woo! and we're just gonna vibe on this You're with your baby Sing this at karaoke one night, Josh. Not what you need. When you feel so tired, but you can't sleep. Stuck in reverse. A U X Ox Audio.